You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Oh, the Hang Time Podcast. Seku Smith from NBA.com. My main man, Lang Whitaker. Yo, Deep sea fishing somewhere, <laughs> snagging sharks. So he says we haven't seen any actual footage, video evidence what are you of talking him. About? Uh, no, look, I've seen the doctor videos. I know fake news when I see it. Instagram is uh, overflowing with videos <laughs> yeah. of the, the big catch. <laughs> Until I see you swimming with the sharks, I'm not buying it. I'm not believing. You it. ain't gonna see that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, swimming with the fishes, whatever whatever happened to the old Eastern Conference? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, the stars have. Have migrated West Lang, big time. Yeah, big time. Paul George gone. Jimmy Butler gone. Your boy Paul Millsap gone. Gordon Hayward, you know, upset the order of things. Takes a takes a right he turn this, and heads yeah. to Boston in free agency. But he did the reverse commute. <laughs> trade and free agent. I, I'm not just calling it free agency anymore. It's trade and free agent season. Mm. Bonkers. I mean, absolutely crazy. What was the biggest shocker out of all that stuff? I, to me, it was. Paul George to the Thunder for, you know, Oladipo and Sabonis. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't see – I don't think any of, anybody saw that one coming. Um, and we'll get into some more of this in the show. We got our main man John Schumann coming on as well as Tony Jones from the Salt Lake Tribune to kind of chop up what went on around the league leading up to uh, the moratorium ending and, and everything being – you know, people being able to sign deals officially and – and and move on, but I, th- the most shocking one to me, and Paul George was a stunner. But the most shocking thing to me was Chris Paul. Yeah, you know, basically trading himself from the Clippers, you know, yeah. to the Houston Rockets. I didn't see that. I thought for sure, not only would would the Clippers want to keep him and you know, keep CP3 and Blake Griffin, you know, but but he decides to go join James Harden in Houston, which is weird. Other guys leave their situation. And it's like, oh, well, what's he trying to do? He's going, he's, ta- you know, he's taking the weak way out. He's going to join somebody else. I didn't hear anybody say that about Chris Paul when he got traded to Houston. That he was, you know, jumping ship from the Clippers and didn't hear that one time. Mm-hmm. Which is strange to me. Why is it different for him to go join? Is it because Houston wasn't is not a championship team? They haven't won a title. I don't know. That is weird. I mean, it's you can't say that you know he didn't go join up with an, another elite player because. I mean, Harden almost won the MVP last year. He bounced. He's, he he left a team that got for a team that bounced them out of the playoffs a couple yeah. years ago. But he, I mean, he also went to a team that got dumped in the second round <laughs> of these playoffs by the Spurs. So true, true. It, it's not like he went to a conference champion, or you know, as good as they were offensively, they didn't do much in the postseason last year. The Rockets, so yeah. um, they still have a way to go. I, I really like that for for Houston. So do um, I. I know. And and I you know PJ Tucker will be a nice addition to Very that team nice, too. Yeah. 
I just don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they, you know, take two ball dominant guys and, and make them fit together. And the West is stacked. I mean, yeah, there's no breathing room. And I look for the record. I say this every year, same time of year. I say this every year. I have no issue with a guy who's a free agent, you know, making a decision to leave one team for another. That's his prerogative. I got no problem with a guy instigating, orchestrating, or forcing a trade. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why the narrative changes for some guys or or is one way for certain guys and in a different way for others. I think that's kind of weird. It's just a strange dynamic, you know, in terms of the perception. I don't know. Maybe the standards are or there's whatever it is, is is different for a Kevin Durant than for a Chris Paul. You think? I mean, you think that's a they're, I think they're held to different standards in some ways. You know, for, for if you're an MVP, mm-hmm. former MVP, maybe the rules are different for you than they everyone else unfairly, right. but maybe they still are. I don't know. I don't. I mean, but, I don't even know what to make of you know the Jimmy Butler. You know, to me, Minnesota. What a fa- what an outstanding summer. Yeah. The Timber Bulls. You know, I, I nicknamed them. I said they're no. <laughs> I told I told our man Lamont Callaway they're they're no longer the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are the Minnesota Timber Bulls with all the former Bulls they got yeah. in the mix up there. Tom Thibodeau doing his business, getting Jimmy Butler to join. You know, Carl Anthony Towns and, and Andrew Wiggins, and then trading for Jeff Teague. Yeah. You know. I mean, signing Jeff Teague, I'm sorry. Signing Jeff Teague is a free agent. But and Taj Gibson. And then, yeah, getting Taj Gibson in the mix. I like that group. I like Minnesota's group. They got so many bulls that Kevin Cottrell's going to root for them next year. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to have one of those double jerseys like (laughs) Timberwolves on the front, bulls on the back. (laughs) Sewn down the middle. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they – because, you know, you think about – you know, they make these big changes and bring in Jimmy Butler and all that. And you know, I think they went 32 games last year, right? Like they, they were, they were pretty bad. Like they were the 31 games, 31 and 51 last year. So they were way too um, young to win at the level people thought they would. Are they going to be 10 wins better this year? Cause that's what it would take to, to make the playoffs from last year's standings. You know, Portland was the eight seed at 41, 41. Well, they, I mean, that's a lot. They could be. Yeah. Realistically, they could win 10 more games. Jimmy Butler, Jeff T, Taj Gibbs, yeah, they could win. They could win ten more games. They're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious about other teams though in the yeah. West. Like, man, the the bar for the Western Conference has been raised dramatically. Yeah, and to figure out what it all means around the league, the whole thing. Let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Get Schumann's trivia out of the way, so he can make us look like fools. And then let's talk basketball. <laughs> Shoo, what's up, sir? Fellas, what's going on? Yo. We're doing better than the uh, kitchen remodelers you got slaving yeah, up there. Before right we get now. started, please excuse the uh, construction <laughs> noise in the background. That's a nail gun. <laughs> um, so I, I got a trivia. This might be the easiest trivia question I've asked you. But it's, it. uh, it's, it's topical and, and timely. So basically, there are four players who this summer are leaving... Uh, whether in a deal that's already gone through or a deal that's been agreed to, mm-hmm. um, leaving a franchise uh, for which they rank in the top ten in both career points and career assists. Mm. Four guys, they're in the top ten in career points and in career assists for a franchise they are about they are leaving right now or this summer. All right, Chris Paul, correct. Paul George, correct. Ricky Rubio. No. Mm. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Points. Rubio. <laughs> My son, I thought he had enough <laughs> points. Hold on a second. He had the assists. Hold on a second. I know this. 
I know this. I know this. I know that. Gordon Hayward. You got Gordon Hayward, right? One more. Um, um, wait, wait, wait. I know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. Ricky Rubio, by the way, 13th on the Wolves' uh, mm. scoring list, all-time scoring list. Ugh. Um, we know it's not Patrick Beverly. <laughs> it's, Paul, it's not Paul Millsap. No, think like uh, expansion teams, you know, in our uh, basketball watching. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else is leaving somewhere? Wait a minute. Don't give it to us. Don't. Don't do it. Don't. Do it. <laughs> don't. Don't cheat. It's not don't, Charlotte. Don't cheat it? us. No. It ain't Dwight Howard. Trust me. Um. No, I was thinking Miles Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, Who's the fourth dude? Hold on, hold on, shoot! Don't do it! Don't, 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 don't give it to us. We, you need a hit. It's like summer school. Hold on, no, we we got to get this right. It's not New Orleans. Nope. Uh. All right, give us a hint. His number is going to be retired. Oh gosh, Chris Bosh. No. Zach, Zach Randolph. Bosch, Zach. Zach. Randolph. Oh damn. Zach Randolph, third in points and seventh in assists in Memphis. Zach Paul Randolph, the uh. seventh in assists. All yeah. the time. Yeah. Wow. That's Paul amazing. Paul George, eighth and ninth. Uh, Chris Paul, sixth in scoring, first in assists with the Clippers, and Gordon Hayward, eighth and eighth with Utah. Man, Zebo, get it, big fella. I had Man, no idea. Ginobili would also be on that list if he doesn't. Uh, he's never retiring. If, if, if uh, he play. doesn't come back no. to the Spurs. He's going to play till he's like 74. He's never going to win. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I live vicariously through Manu. <laughs> so, Shu, the Western Conference looks a lot like your kitchen. <laughs> Somebody has been taking a <laughs> staple gun and <laughs> I think the Eastern Conference beams. looks more like <laughs> the East, no, the Eastern kitchen. Conference looks like the the pile of wood laying in his backyard. Um, <laughs> well, we don't know how far along his kitchen is. <laughs> what do you, I mean? What? How do you handicap the West now, Shu, with all these changes? I still think it's the Warriors and everybody else. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the easy answer. But right? I would start the everybody else list with Houston. <laughs> I think when you got two of the ten best players in the league, you're off to a good start. And two guys that can make plays, and you can always have Chris Paul or James Harden on the floor. Um, how do you, you know, like how do you argue against that? Yeah. Um, and we talked about this last week a little bit. Like San Antonio, I don't know, you know, what they're doing exactly. You know, I, they they they're bringing back Patty Mills, but after that, um, you know, it doesn't seem like they're they're able to make any upgrades. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the team is getting a little bit older. Um, you know, I don't want to say that they're you know wasting Kawhi Leonard's prime or anything like that because they're still going to be great um, on both ends of the floor. But I, I just don't see them at the level of Golden State, obviously. And I think Houston's a better team, and Houston should be a little bit better defensively too. Mm, what about Oklahoma City? Are you sold on? A team, at, you know, adding one of the top 15, a, 20 players in the league to the MVP? Yeah, I mean, that's good. And that obviously I'm curious to see how Paul George deals with, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, taking over the offense from time to time. I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. You know, Paul George needs the ball in his hands. He doesn't need the ball in his hands as much as other, you know, top 10, top 20 players. But he's a good catch-and-shoot guy. But the question is, you know, is he going? Is it? Will there be sort of those frustrating moments when when he's not seeing the ball enough, maybe three or four possessions in a row, or 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see that how it works out. I mean, that Oklahoma City was a very good defensive team. Um, I was, I was interesting. I thought the uh, Robertson, you know, re-signing was interesting mm-hmm. because I think his role as a as a great defensive uh, uh, defensive wing is just a little bit less important now that they have Paul George, who's also a good defensive wing. You know, he was the guy who guarded Kawhi Leonard, who guarded Kevin Durant, who guarded James Harden. Right. Um, now he doesn't have to be that guy, you know, 40 minutes a night. I, um, I know who Paul month. George can call, by the way, if he needs to know what it's like for the ball not to find him. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I know the area code of the number he needs to dial. I, I I was watching the Pacers play the Cavs in the playoffs. There was several four or five, six possession stretches <laughs> where Paul George didn't have the ball. And then and that's not with Russell Westbrook. That was with team, Monte so. Ellis and CJ Miles. But, but speaking of that Pacers team, what do you think about what they got in return for Paul George? What do you guys think about what, what they got back in that trade? I think you should have uh, coupons when you get that. I think you need to be able to redeem yeah. some coupons with that. I liked Sabonis a lot better last year when I was watching him in the Olympics than I do now after watching him <laughs> in the NBA for a year. You know, I thought he I thought he was coming in with like an NBA ready body, like a little bit of um skills underneath the basket and stuff, but like and maybe maybe it was just being in that offense where it just did not allow him to showcase anything offensively, you know, and, and where you think like he can be a contributor on that end of the floor. Um, so I'll be fascinated to see how he does maybe with a little bit more freedom, offensive freedom in Indiana. Oladipo, solid player. I don't know if he's, if he moves the needle very much, you know, was a better shooter, improved shooter playing off the ball a little bit more last year. So we'll see. I don't think it, I, you would think that there was a better return to be had and maybe, you know, other factors came into play in, in regard to what, uh, trade. Uh, Kevin Pritchard decided to pull the trigger on. I think he, I yeah. mean, the patience that that they didn't show in in moving George. Like, I thought they missed an opportunity on draft night, and then showed no patience. And you know, in free yeah, agency, only, I was like, only what? Kevin Pritchard knows what the what his what his yeah. uh, what his choices were and when. You know, like, you know, maybe there was some miscommunication along the way. Maybe he didn't want to trade him within the Eastern Conference. Maybe he didn't want to trade him where he wanted to go. Maybe he didn't want to ever see, you know, you didn't want to see him win right. a championship. You know, right. like, who knows? That's crazy. You know? what, do, what do you think of what the Clippers have rebuilding with, you know, keeping Blake on that five-year, $173 million deal, DeAndre Jordan, Blake, Gallinari in the trade, Pat Beverly in the trade, Austin Rivers, I guess. We will. Since, you know. I mean, what do you, what do you make of a Clippers team that's re- remade on the fly without Chris Paul? Well, first of all, they did a good job to get what they got for a guy who was leaving. Right. You know, who right? So the Gallinari deal is interesting to me just because he's probably best as a four, and but he's you know you have Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan there. Um, right. Obviously, you can play him. Uh, you know, 15 minutes at the four, just because those guys aren't going to be at the floor on the floor all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, um, they still the backcourt. I think is is still a struggle offensively. They're going to be counting on Blake Griffin to make a lot of plays for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think they're one of those teams that is what probably like seven, eight, nine, ten somewhere in that range in the West at this point. 
Um, what's funny is what's I funny guess. is like for, since they since Lob City started, it's been a kind of a top heavy team. They've had that big three, and then they they've struggled to kind of fill in the next whatever six yeah. spots on the roster. And, and this might be the deepest team they've had in the last seven years, but but they don't have Chris Paul anymore. So maybe yeah, I don't I mean, know. How, yeah, as talented as Blake Griffin is, and he's an incredible player. I mean, Chris Paul is what made that team really, really, right. really good the last five years. So, um, who knows? You know, it's it'll be a definitely a, a different, completely different dynamic, both sort of on the floor and in the locker room with that team. I think. I, w- I want to point out that I predicted the death of things in Clipperland was when they declared. And I think it was Doc who declared, "We are no longer Lob City." I thought that was the worst. <laughs> seriously like hmm yeah I mean what's the one thing with Griffin is he's sort of gradually moved away from the basket more and more with every year you know and and being a good shooter is not a bad thing but you know I've said it you know countless times on this podcast that layups and dunks is still the best way you know most efficient way to score and his num, you know his his layups and dunks have have diminished yeah, I mean they had an expiration yeah, quite a bit over the years and the more he's hurt, you know, and, and, you know, with, with every injury, you think that, you know, they, it's becomes less and less likely that he becomes a high flyer or at least a guy who attacks the basket quite a bit. John, I don't, uh, Lang and, and I have, we've been texting about, you know, what I, what I like to call franchise malpractice. There's <laughs> some, there's some franchise that literally took the boat and flipped it over. His Hawks being one of them. I, I, I don't even know if I want to get into them. On the, <laughs> the ship be sinking. <laughs> <laughs> the ship be sunk. The West, people seem like they were going for it, which is strange to me. Everybody talks about, well, you know, the Warriors are locked in for the next three or four years, but these Western Conference teams didn't shy away from the challenge. To me, this is a bunch of teams saying, we're coming after you, which I like. Yeah. I like the competitive fervor of some of these Western Conference teams. I don't know if I, what to think of some of the teams in the East, but I, I do like this the the acceptance of the challenge. Well, I mean, there's some urgency with these other teams. It's not like uh, Houston can say, "Sorry, James, we know we're just going to punt the next couple of years." Like yeah. James Harden's in his prime; like he needs yeah. a good team around him now. And yeah, if you don't win the championship, you know, like, like we've talked about, it, like there's not, you know, let's not, you know, it's not championship or bust. You know, if that would be ridiculous if 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 every if 29 teams failed every year you know there's 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 value in being a very very good team for a long time yeah. um same thing with Oklahoma City you know there's urgency there to keep Russell Westbrook around like they they're you know they lost Durant and um obviously are in danger of losing Westbrook if if they can't get him on an extension um and so there's an urgency there to team him with a, a another great player and 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 take a try to improve uh, in the Western Conference, so, um, and like then you have teams like Sacramento and they've had a great and, summer, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sacramento and Minnesota, who've just had playoff droughts for so long. Um, you know, Minnesota, the second longest playoff drought in NBA history. Sacramento is not far behind. Um, like you can't just say they just need to get and become a playoff team and, and then go forward from there. And Denver is in a sort of a similar situation. They've had a little bit of a drought mm-hmm. um, and needs, you know, Jokic is, is a fantastic player. They need to start putting talent around him to, to, um, 
to take that next step. What's your, what's your favorite, most underrated move so far of uh, free agency slash trade season? Underrated move. That's mm-hmm. a good question. Um, wow. I got one. I really like. Right. I mean, I I don't know what we consider underrated, but to me, one of the better moves that sort of under the radar a little bit was that PJ Tucker to uh, to mm. Houston. Yeah, because um, yeah, you know, that's a good one. Patrick Beverly was clearly their you know their defensive perimeter stopper guy, and he's gone. And but I don't feel like you you lose that much because you pick up Chris Paul, who's also an excellent defender, and now you have two really good defensive players that you can run out there. Um, so to me, that that was a really interesting one that I thought um, I, yeah, I, mean, I thought Daryl Morey pulled forwards off. Is, yeah, Versatile forwards are so important, and he's one of those guys that can play three or four, can defend, right. and, and can sit in the corner and, and, and play off your stars and, and, and shoot threes from the corner at least. Mm-hmm. Um, in a similar vein, I like Patrick Patterson to Oklahoma City Yes, um, on the deal that they got him for. Um, he's been... You know, he's a, been a plus-minus star in Toronto, so we'll see if that translates with a new team. But he's a guy who spaces the floor at, for you at the four, maybe can play a little bit of small ball five, but he's a solid defender, um, yes. willing to move the ball, keep the ball moving in a in a in in an offense that will do – well, Oklahoma City's not going to – but, <laughs> you know, it, he can play off the ball, and he will make that extra pass maybe that, that – Oklahoma City hasn't seen recently in recent years, but like I like him as a player. I've always liked him in Toronto, and I think I, that the deal that they got him on to, to to replace Taj Gibson as their starting power forward, presumably, um, mm-hmm. was a great one. So I, I like that move. I, you know what I I like what Sacramento has done overall. Just the addition of the mm-hmm. type of you know the quality of players they got both in the draft. And then they've added free agency, but I obviously I don't think that's a playoff level moves that they've made. I don't know that that puts him in that conversation. I got to give Tom Thibodeau a lot of credit. They they're going for it in Minnesota, um, mm-hmm. and to me that speaks you know to a lot of times you don't want to see a great coach become the team president because you're like eh he's going to be making decisions that yeah you know for the future as opposed to right now Tibbs is Tibbs is going for it. You know he's he's putting pressure. Tibbs, the president, is putting pressure on Tibbs, the coach. Well, Tibbs has never been made. the he. Well, even when he first got the job, you you know he's never been the kind of guy who's like a development guy who's gonna you know come in and take a whole bunch of young guys. And I, I give him some credit for for being patient. And he, I, I think that Levine trade was. I think it was Ashburner who said last week that was the first deal they made. First trade they made since he gotten in, um, and, and since since Tibbs got there, um, so they took some time, and, and but now they were like, <laughs> we had some young guys last year. Forget it, we're getting, we're going for it right now. <laughs> I think that's the yeah, kind I mean, of coach I, Tibbs is. Yeah, I wrote about it at the draft. I think Butler yeah. obviously was, it was a great trade. Like Levine, like is got one more year on his rookie deal, and he's not going to be back to a hundred percent until after that year is over. You know, right. like. He can play next season, but, you know, all sort of history tells you that ACL tears take at least like a year and a half to, to really fully recover from. Right. Um, and so that was, you know, a fantastic deal. Um, but I still think I wrote about it at, at the draft is that, like, their development is going to depend on Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins 
um, their development specifically and specifically on defense. Like that, those two guys just need to become better defenders if this team is going to be is going to live up to its potential. Like it, it has a, a ton of potential, um, but those guys just got to really put in more effort on defense and make this you know turn this team into an above average defensive team because. That was the the one end of the floor where they were just a huge disappointment last season. Yeah. Can is, we can we talk about the East for a second? I was going to say, is it wrong or, of us to go this long without even mentioning LeBron James and Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, I know LeBron I know, is, I know he's hands off this summer, but still, I didn't even want to talk about LeBron because I feel like you could take LeBron, the three of us, and one other guy, and we'd have a shot at winning. Somebody the East, from but, the big th- the the three on three, the big three. <laughs> but if but what what where does this put Boston now with all the stuff that they've done and. Um, I mean, they won the Eastern Conference regular season last year. Yeah. Are they going to have a chance to, do you think, challenge Boston in the postseason next year? Or you challenge Cleveland, I'm sorry. Cleveland, ha- I mean, I think, Cle- you know, we have to wonder about all the Kevin Love trade rumors and how that affects, you know, Cleveland. You know, like the guy's been in the middle of every sort of trade rumor <laughs> again this summer. Like, it's, it's feel like we're, we're going back in time to when, to a year, you know, before they won the championship, where everybody was throwing love into trade rumors every day. But so I'll be curious to see. You know, they they're shopping Shumpert. You know, how do they get better? How do they how do they be a better team than they were last year, or do they not need to be? I, I look, your guess is as good as mine. They can't even get Chauncey Billups to take the GM job. I mean, they got they have organizational issues. To me, that this flows into next summer. Um, yeah, if, I think it's going to be some drama around this. Yes. Love rumors with the fear of LeBron yes. leaving again. You know, like there's going to be some and, – and how how are they going to handle that? You know, Ty Lue's yeah. going to have a, a, a hard job on his hands just to keep he, this team He told you it's the hardest the job in the league. Yeah. I mean, he already told us. And, yeah. and this is all I smell is the decision part two. Good grief. I mean, I'm just now having a flashback to that summer and what a dis- oh, oh, what a disaster! If if LeBron leaves again, not that they won't be braced for it this time. I mean, I think, I think the the true diehard Doomsday Cleveland fans are already prepared for it mentally. Like they, in their head, they're going, this, "This could happen." Yeah, I mean, it's tough because they just built the roster around him. They're going deep into the luxury tax, you know, into the repeater tax this year too. Um, but they have no choice. I mean, what are you going to do? You got you got the best player in the world. Um, he's thirty two years old. You've got to win right now, and that's and sort of throw caution to the wind in that regard. But and, but if you're LeBron, doesn't I mean if I'm LeBron, I'm, I look at it. and I'm like playing in the East is my best chance of getting back to the finals, or at least my easiest chance to to get back to the finals. And, and you know, you get to the finals, anything can happen. Hey, he, Philly will have cap space again next year. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need a best chance. I mean, he's going to the the conference finals. That's that's a given. Yeah. Nobody yeah. did anything to me in the East to unseat LeBron, Kyrie, and the Cavaliers. Right. I agree. You know, Boston could challenge. What they're going to lose by twenty instead of fifty? I mean, they, <laughs> but I mean, they, I don't. Nobody did anything in the Eastern Conference. There wasn't enough of a migration of elite talent to the Eastern Conference for anybody to me right. to to rise above really the top four. I mean, it's still Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, and Washington, Those everybody after yeah. Cleveland in some order. 
Did you like did you like Kyle Lowry going back, Shu? I know you've been a you've been keen on Toronto the last few years in Surge. I mean, do you like continuity maybe what works best right now for the Raptors? Yeah, I don't know if they had much of a choice, you know, like what are they gonna do? Like tear it down but still have DeMar DeRozan, you know, like I'm not sure. But uh, like I said, you know, there's value in being a 50-win team year in and year out, you know. Um, We've seen it with Houston where guys want to go there, you know. Like, no, the Rockets haven't won a championship. They haven't got to the finals in recent years. Um, But Chris Paul wanted to play for them, you know, because they're a good team and they're fun to play play with. Um, You know, Toronto's got a good thing going. They shouldn't give it up. Uh, just because, um, you know, there's seemingly an obstacle in their way. Um, you know, ask ask their fans what it was like, you know, however many years ago when when they were in their lean years, um, mm-hmm. and they they should they shouldn't give it up. And and obviously they they will try to unload a deal or two uh, to get under the luxury tax line. Um, because even though they've said they've been willing to pay it, you know, every team, if they can get under, is, you know, you're better off just getting under if you can. I'll be curious, though, because Patterson, like I said, was, was important for them. If they have to give up Corey Joseph, um, he's been important for them. They've always been at their best sort of with bench guys on the floor. Um, and so some other guys are going to have to step up, whether that be uh, DeLon Wright, uh, you know, Norman Powell, you know, those guys, uh, one or two of their young bigs are going to have to sort of step up and, 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 and provide some of that bench support that the, some of the vets have provided the last few years. Yeah. Not every move has been made, Shu. I know you've got uh, a best players still available um, piece that's going to be on NBA.com. Um, give us the one guy who you think is still floating around out there that's, that, that could potentially be a, an impact guy, a game changer. Well, I think shooting is is the most important thing in the league right now, and and I, the best shooter out there is probably CJ Miles. Um, you know, he's the guy who, who, you know, he's among available free agents. He's the guy who had the most threes last year. Um, he shot forty one percent from beyond the arc last season. That was a career high. Um, you know, he doesn't give you much other than that offensively. He doesn't get into the paint. Um, uh, but like, I think he's a he's a he's a good shooter. I'll be curious now also uh, where Kelly Olynyk goes. You know, he's mm-hmm. a, a good you know maybe a third big coming off the bench um, can do a few fit different things offensively. Known as a shooter, but actually a pretty good finisher at the rim too. So I'll be curious to see where he goes. And then there's just a ton of bigs that are still out there, like your Mason Plumleys, mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Dedmans. He's probably still going going back to San Antonio, but. Pau Gasol, obviously, is probably going back to San Antonio, but hasn't reached an agreement yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, the, it's funny, like, there's no point guards out there if you need one. Like, <laughs> if you need a point guard right now, you're probably better talking to, you know, uh, Masai Ujiri about Corey Joseph than, than trying to talk to Derek Rose's agent or something like that. Right. Um, but the bigs, there's and, – and the bigs are, are – there's just a ton of them, and there's a ton of them on the sort of – salary dump market too so um and like Plumlee's a guy who may be a victim of all the spending that went on last season because um you know this is not a market out there for a center like him you may end up just having to sort of uh accept the qualifying offer and try again next year 
Yeah. And foolish us. Here I was a couple months ago thinking Jonathan Simmons was going to, like, make a splash in free agency. There were so many trades and other things that went on. Yeah, you know, yeah we'll see what if, if, if Washington matches Otto Porter, uh, you know, we'll see where Brooklyn turns next. You know, maybe they go for uh, Ken Tavies, Caldwell Pope, and, and Detroit is limited on how much they can match because they gave the MLE to uh, Langston Galloway. Maybe they strange. Brooklyn turns to Simmons. Simmons, you know, what's up? What's up? Uh, that'd be an interesting move considering where Brooklyn's GM came from. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Sean Marks is a former uh, Spur. So, uh, what's up with Detroit? You know, by the way, playing Santa Claus every year in free agency and giving out they, some strange he, deal. Stan likes to strike early. He, he has like one guy, like sort of, sort of middle it's of the not, pack just that he targets early and says, "This is the guy," and I'm going to give him this amount of money. And like, <laughs> you're like, well, if you'd been a little, you were a little bit more patient, you could have uh, either had him for less or had a, a better player for a little bit for for the same kind of money. Well, no question. The good news is I just ordered my Atlanta Hawks cap space jersey. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you're going to have to hang on to about your Hawks <laughs> in the next couple of years. Um, Shoot, we appreciate it, man. Tell tell the uh, crew to get the kitchen done. Um, tired of you posting pictures of uh, pizza on Instagram. Um. Yeah, you guys got to come <laughs> over. When it's all done, you guys got to come over so we can uh, pick up Chick-fil-A and bring it back. <laughs> when he said there was still moves to be made, I thought he was going to say he got to move his car again because they're bringing in another dumpster <laughs> for the construction. Nice. John Schumann, our main man, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. We appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you. All right, fellas. All right, Schumann. Thanks, you. John Schumann wasn't the only guy busy on the 4th of July, Lang, um, trying to get his – I don't know how you cook when your kitchen's – sitting in your backyard without an outdoor <laughs> space. Um, Tony Jones at the Salt Lake Tribune, a little busy with Gordon Hayward news busting all over the place on the 4th of July. Man, did you did you get a makeup plate, Tony? Did you get, like, uh, some sides and, a, and a, at least one rib bone the day after the 4th of July? I went and bought a pack of hot dogs yesterday <laughs> and a bottle of barbecue sauce <laughs> and... I boiled the hot dogs, and I put the barbecue sauce on the plate, and that was my July <laughs> Tony Jones from the Salt Lake Tribune uh, joining us. Man, seriously, who dropped the ball on this whole thing for, for Gordon Hayward leaving Salt Lake City and the Utah Jazz to go to Boston? I mean, where, did, where was the initial disconnect? I think the initial disconnect was when uh, – um, you know, the initial report came out, and then uh, those those reports were were uh, debunked, or uh, those those reports were challenged. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was a lot of media that had to go back and and kind of look over their sources. And I know I I know I looked over my sourcing, and I I had, you know, I'll tell you, I have four sources, and. Um, two of them had helped me break major stories before and mm-hmm. had always been right, 100%. And, you know, I did a lot of questioning. I questioned myself a lot on Tuesday. And I think a lot of reporters did as well. And, you know, I think, I think for everything that went on, I think, uh, it was, it was a crazy day and it was a day that I won't soon forget. Yeah. Tony, if we back up from, uh, our Independence Day and and Gordon Hayward declaring his independence. Um, <laughs> is there anything do you think just over the past six months year that 
the Jazz could have done differently to make this thing have a, a different outcome than it ended up having? Yeah, they could have traded him at the deadline. That's about the only thing they could have done differently. Wow. If you're asking what they could have done differently to keep him, the answer yeah. is nothing. They've done everything right. They've done everything 100% right. And uh, down to this weekend, and that, that's, that's why the Jazz is so upset at this thing, because they traded for Ricky Rubio, and they did so uh, with Gordon Hayward's blessing. Wow. And they gave Joe Ingles $52 million without making him go on the restricted free agent market and get and find an office sheet. And they did it because they wanted him locked up before uh, Gordon Hayward, before Gordon Hayward's meeting with the Jazz. They did all of that for Gordon. Uh, they really uh, went above and beyond uh, for Hayward. And I think that they did some stuff that if they knew uh, Hayward was, was going to go somewhere else, they would have done this differently. So I, I think the Jazz, is the, what's, what's most frustrating for Jazz fans and for the Jazz is that uh, in order to keep Gordon, they've, they've done everything right. They built a 51 team. If Gordon Hayward stays uh, with the Jazz this, uh, this, for this coming year, this team, even in the stack West, that team wins 55 games. Right. And, um, you know, now, and, and they still couldn't keep them. So I think that there's a lot of frustration and, and a lot of hurt and a lot of anger over, over you know, not only Gordon Hayward's decision, but the way it went down. Yeah. Uh, you know what bothers me all the time about this, too, um, Tony and Lang, is, and, and he's, he earned the right to be a free agent and to, do, and to make his decision. So I, I got no issue with that. Um, the backlash that a guy could go from being the most beloved dude in a state or city on a Tuesday to Wednesday, he's the most uncompetitive, thin-skinned, weakest, you know, like he he went from being the, the, the son of the state to being a, the softest player in NBA history the next day. And I, I get sick of that because – I understand you're mad. I understand you wanted the guy to stay or you want to burn his jerseys, whatever the you know your reaction is. But Gordon Hayward is no less of a player. I saw something that really tripped me out. They were like, well, you know, he just didn't want to be the number one guy. And I'm like, what do you think he's been doing for the last five years? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not an indictment of his character, Tony, but the the way it went down was bad. But this doesn't mean Gordon Hayward some less less of a player to me. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but – did he ever show you signs of not wanting the responsibility of carrying a franchise, which he did for the last five years? No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, and my opinion of Hayward uh, has improved 100% uh, since 2014. Mm-hmm. And he's a different player than he was in 2014. I mean, the Celtics are getting a guy who's really good. I mean, he's a guy who can score at all three levels. He can score at the, at the, at the arc. He can score... Uh, he can score in the mid-range. Uh, he can get all the way to the basket and, and, and take contact and finish at the rim. Uh, he's a guy who can facilitate an offense. He's a guy you can run an offense through. He's a guy who can who, who can run a pick-and-roll based offense and create out of pick-and-roll. And he's a guy who can play um, three or four positions. And he can mm-hmm. defend three or four positions. I mean, he's a really good player. And he's 
is a piece that the Celtics haven't had uh, in quite a while, um, mm-hmm. pretty much since prime Paul Pierce. And, you know, he's, he's going to improve on uh, that Celtics team. So, you know, his, his game didn't just suddenly diminish because he decided to change jerseys. You know, that's just the hate talking. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's a guy who, who, who I've, I voted third team all NBA and I did so because I thought he was, uh, one of the top 15 players in the league. And, uh, I, I think he, I think he's uh, just reaching his prime, and I think that there's still uh, room for improvement with him. So, like you say, the the Celtics are getting a, a really uh, good piece, or, or a really valuable piece. What, what what next for the for the Jazz with, with that piece gone? How, how do they fill that, or is it win now, or is it win later? What what do you think is the plan now? Well, you can't go win later because you got Rudy Gobert, and right. um, you I mean the Jazz simply cannot tear it down and start all over. I mean, they have, uh, at the very least, one of the three best centers in the NBA, and they have him, uh, and he's 25 years old. So mm-hmm. they have to push forward. Um, but it's a team that I still think has a lot of talent, uh, still has a lot of, of depth, and I actually think that they may have pulled off one of the steals of the draft in Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, Looks good. You know, who who I think has a chance to be really good. So, you know, they are going to have to – I think they're going to take a step back this year. Um, I, I don't think that uh, their prognosis is as bleak as basketball Twitter is making it seem. <laughs> um, you, know, I, I, you know, I look on basketball Twitter and they're like, well, they're going to be the 11th team in the West. And, you know, there's just too much talent on that team for them to be that bad. I think they're going to challenge for the 8th spot or a challenge for the 7th spot. And, you know, maybe win 45 games. I mean, um, but, you know, there are guys on that team who can go. I mean, Rodney Hood can flat out go. All he has to do is stay healthy. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell can go. And Rudy Gobert is really, really good. And, uh, you know, they still have Rubio. So they still have pieces. It, it, you know, they're still going to be really good defensively. I think their problem is going to be, their question is, can they score enough? Can they score enough points? Because they're going to stop people. Question is, can they score enough points to win win a lot of games? Yeah. Tony Jones from the Salt Lake Tribune joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Um, you mentioned the West, Tony. You see these teams. You've seen the exodus of players, you know, um, from from the Eastern Conference to the West. The shuffling that's going on. Does does the order? change that dramatically behind the Warriors in the West with all that's going on or is it is it pretty much the same characters you know doing that dance well I, I think the the significant thing is with Hayward leaving I mean the Jazz fall out of the top four in the West mm-hmm. and I think that they're um, they're replaced by by the Oklahoma City Thunder um, I think you know the Minnesota Timberwolves will be will be really good uh, and I think, I, you know, the team that I was surprised, I was, you know, Doc Rivers has done a really good job in this offseason. And he's replaced Chris Paul, um, and he's built a roster that's, that's going to be pretty good. I mean, you know, a, a starting five of Patrick Beverly, uh, Austin Rivers, Danilo Gallinari, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan is pretty good. Yeah. And I think 
they've they're they've gotten to the point where um you know they're still going to be really solidly in that playoff race um so i i give doc rivers a lot of, of props for what he was able to pull off because he um uh, he, he, uh, he, he was able to rebuild on the fly and the six and the, and the Clippers may be as good as they were last year. Yeah. It's, it's interesting stuff. I mean, interesting stuff going around. My, my last and final thing for you. Um, and this is, this is, this is really about something that's been going on for generations, not just this summer. What does a city like Salt Lake have to do to convince people that it's a good place to live, to play ball, to be a superstar. I mean, if Gordon Hayward doesn't stay, you know, a guy who seems tailor-made for that market, you know, uh, an organic superstar guy that they draft, develop, watch become an all-star finally. If he doesn't stick around, what kind of message does that send to other stars? And how difficult does it make it for the Jazz to ever recruit a superstar to come in and be the guy in that market? Well, it's ominous for sure. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a message uh, that's exactly the one that, that's, that's the perception, which is, you know, no matter what the Jazz are going to, no matter what the Jazz can do, they're, they're not going to be able to keep their guys. So what they're going to have to do is, you know, they're going to have to draft really well. They're going to have to develop, Really well, and they're going to have to convince these guys to stay. I have been. If I think if Rudy Gobert was an unrestricted free agent tomorrow, I think the Jazz would be able to keep him um, because he wants to be there and he wants the challenge of being the face um, of the franchise. Right. I think if um, I think if 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 Donovan Mitchell became an unrestricted free agent. Um, tomorrow, I think that he, the Jazz, will be able to keep him. Um, so I think that there are a lot of people. Um, I think that a lot of people, their situations are unique, and I think that the Jazz have to be good at finding people who are uniquely uh, suited for their franchise and for the market that they are in. Either that, or they, we just this need was the a... next LeBron James to be from Provo. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would always help. I mean, listen, we could all do the Cleveland thing and, and and be like, hey, let's just get a generational superstar and grow up around 30, 30, 30 miles away from us. Exactly. Let's bundle our franchise around him for eight years, and then let's guilt him to coming back and getting us an NBA title. That'll work. <laughs> Yes, I'm gonna be mining the suburbs of Salt Lake City for the next big thing. I, I know you'll be doing the same. Hey, listen, man. I, <laughs> I know how. I know. I know how it is, man. I appreciate you. No doubt. Appreciate it. Tony Jones, Salt Lake Tribune, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Echo. Appreciate right, it, man. Thanks, Tony. That's. I mean, Lang. I don't know what else you could do. Um, you know, if you're the Jazz, because Gordon Hayward would have. I mean, he's straight out of Central Casting. Wholesome Midwestern dude gets drafted by the franchise, fights his way into right. all-star status, and then of course his college coach just happens to be, yeah, working in <laughs> Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like it's every but, circumstance that could have worked but against it was, him. 
it was a perfect storm both yeah. ways because because they they drafted him they yep. they you know developed him but where they drafted him from <laughs> Brad Stevens and <laughs> Butler so you know like and we know there were other teams that were you know interested in uh, Gordon Hayward's services and he he just went to the one of his former coach so yeah, I I think that's you know um, but as you say like there are certain teams. Um, like like a Salt Lake City or cities, Salt Lake City, who haven't been able to you know go get that giant free agent that's going to change the franchise. But someone asked me the other day, like, when's the last time Atlanta had a a meeting with one of those guys? Yeah. Not even signed one of the guys, just right. got a meeting. You know. Well, um, I remember last summer you had your big homecoming with Dwight. We were right, we were riding around town with him. We thought. I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that. We, we did it with him. We did it with Gallinari. <laughs> who did who did we we're, not hang out with this year that, that didn't get run? It's unbelievable. Yeah, we, um, we've been bad luck for some reasons. <laughs> it, it's just strange. I mean, I happen to love Salt Lake City. I I went to the Rocky Mountain Review, which seemed like forever. Um, the old Rocky Mountain Review, and it was always great atmosphere the, the fan base is as fervent and and rich as you'll find um anywhere i mean they they absolutely love their team they know mm-hmm. basketball they appreciate quality basketball i really i mean i really thought gordon Hayward was staying um even with all the ties to to stevens and the lure of going to boston and being a you know being able to join that team i really thought man this is one time where the small market team is going to win, and, yeah. it's, and it still didn't work. So, um, very interesting. It's all right. It's all right. My son Ricky Rubio is going uh, <laughs> to take over things now. Little Lang is going to be out there handling biz. It's going to be uh, fun. Fun. They got to give him. I don't know if they retired Pistol Pete's number, but they should give it to Ricky now to <laughs> just for the resemblance alone. Easy now, easy man. You. You're heaping the expectations on Ricky Rubio's shoulders pretty well. You've been doing that for the last however many years. Yeah. No big deal. Um, appreciate Tony Jones joining us. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the LeVar Ball to <laughs> yeah, Ricky <you're> Rubio. Right. <laughs> Tri- triple R, baby. Um, but appreciate Tony Jones from the Salt Lake Tribune joining us. Um, I think it's the first time we've had him on the podcast. Should have been on here long before uh, Doomsday in Salt Lake City for free agency. Um, and this NBA offseason, Lang, you know, it's it's going to keep grinding along. Um, Summer League in Orlando is finishing up. Las Vegas cranking up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's going on in, in Utah. Um, we'll be in Vegas next week um, yep. doing a special Friday Hangtime podcast live from Las Vegas. Um, so subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you leave a glowing review for John Schumann and all of the uh, – Wonderful information and uh, trivia he imparts on us every week. And we'll see you right here next week from Vegas on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, kick and roll! 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.